1: Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and we're going to be talking about the film Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse. We're also going to be talking about Guess How Much I Love You, Christmas to the Moon and Back, The New Adventures of Gumby, 80 Series, and Ralph Breaks the Internet, and also Mortal Engines. Pardon the sound of my voice and my congestion, it is the classic holiday cold. (laughs) So I have right here a hot cup of cocoa and some Christmas cookies with me as well. And we're going to be talking about some movies. So this is the perfect time to watch some movies. So right now we have the wonderful Saiba and Natalia talking about the new Spider-Man animated film, The Spider-Verse. Thank you so much, YouTube, for talking for being on the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. I have been waiting for this film ever since the first trailer came out. Spider-Man Into The Spider-Verse is everything I love. Uh, animation, a very unique film. animation animation style very much reminiscent of the comic books and also it just sounds like it just looks like it is meant for spider-man and marvel fans alike it has a lot of great easter eggs it's got a lot of characters from miles morales to of course the original peter parker to spider gwen to the noir there's so many things for new fans and old fans alike um so um natalia going into this film what were you thinking about this
2: well, since this is an American computerized um, animated superhero film, I already expected it was going to be fascinating, amazing, and intriguing. But as it started getting, um, the movie started beginning and the opening, I was just blown away, and my expectations were not even met. They were past it, and it was amazing. I mean, I I just admired it so much.
1: Uh, what about you, Saiba?
2: Yeah, I completely agree with Natalia. I was
3: a huge Marvel fan, so um, going into this film, I was so excited. And like Natalia said, it completely went above my expectations. One of the main reasons I wanted to watch it was, like you said, because of the animation. Because it is the first of its type. And also, um, you also said Easter eggs in this movie. And yes, there are so many Marvel Easter eggs that I was just so thrilled and, sorry, I'm also a huge fan of the very first live-action Spider-Man films, and the two villains were um, um, Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus, and Dr. Octopus is my favorite, so when I saw um, this villain in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in a completely new, invented way, I was so excited, I absolutely loved it.
1: No, oh, definitely. That's fantastic. it's got a lot of classic things and also modern parts of the Spider Man universe as well. It's very it's very much of an inventive storyline and not and but Saiba, do you feel like this is only meant for the fans of Spider Man? Or do you feel like people who are just getting into the universe would still enjoy this film?
3: Yeah, not at all. I think anybody and everyone can enjoy this film. I think it's one of the movies that you can get into the um, characters, each one of them are so, like, unique. And um, you fall in love with everything about the film. So it's it's a really fun one.
1: Fantastic. And Natalia, um, what did you think about the animation?
2: Well, I definitely agree with her as well on that point. But the animation was very outstanding, I'll tell you. This film is extremely colorful. I'll agree with her. It is very unique and it is full of visual 3D animation, which makes it a standout film. And this film certainly embraces a comic book style. I mean, it was just amazing, which I really enjoyed. It definitely feels authentic and it catches every audience member's sight of their eye.
1: I totally agree. No, yeah, it's when I first saw the trailer, I'm thinking, oh, this is very strange because it's very I don't know the animation just didn't feel it just didn't feel right it just it's not this the classic kind of like 24 frame rate kind of animation I thought oh they must have exported the the trailer wrong but no it's it is a choice and well to be honest it's a very cool choice because it makes it unique it has a distinct style that I think that many people would can really get into and buy into so I really love the animation and I'm and also, I love the characters. Speaking of which, what did you think about the voice actors in here? Because we have a lot of great films, great actors such as Jake Johnson from New Girl, which I love, Haley Steinfeld, Leif Schreiber, and Mahasha Ali. So many great um, voice actors in here. Um, uh, sorry about. What did you think of it?
3: Yeah, like you said, there was some really great talent in this film. Yeah, I was really surprised that Mahershala Ali was in this film. He's such a talented actor, and he played one of my favorite characters. And he did an exceptional job at, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but being this um, very like versatile character. And he doesn't have a huge role, but the part that he plays is really influential. And through his voice, you can sense that. And even... Um, Shemik Moore, who plays Miles Morales, like, the way he voices him, he is able to make Miles seem like such a um, relatable character who has the pressures of high school and wants to do well, but doesn't necessarily like his school. And I think Shemik Moore did a wonderful job, as well as all the other voice actors. They added a very unique sense to
2: the voice acting.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. And what about you, um, Natalia?
2: Well, I was actually going to see if anybody was going to talk right now, but um, I totally agree with her. Um hold on. I think Shamik Moore played an amazing character as voicing Miles Morales, especially how he really was able to bring the character to life and bring the script to life as Miles Morales, as a kid who was juggling high school, um, and as a superhero. He's introduced to the Spider Verse where there can only be there can be more than just one Spider Man, and I mean he comes across a long dead Peter Parker, and I think it's just how amazing he is how he can just transform into this miles morales character and i think all the other voice actors did an amazing job as well i enjoyed watching how um the background work and how they really got into their character getting to know their character i think they fit perfectly with each individual character each one had a unique style such as each of the character had its own little um character traits such as funny some were weird some were out. Brave, courageous, and I thought each one played it so well, and I think that all started with the voice acting. So I would definitely say they had a fantastic job.
1: Wow, I'm just, I was just so surprised to see how many like amazing people. Even John Mulaney was in this, and I and I love him so much. And when I noticed when I found out he was he was voicing Spider Pig, sorry, Spider Ham, uh, I was. I, I was overjoyed, because it just seems like a just it's just so colorful and so much fun. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by the Snowman 40th anniversary. Today, we're going to be talking about Guess How Much I Love You, Christmas to the Moon and Back, New Adventures of Gumby, 80's Series, Rough Breaks "Anna," and Motor Engines. We're going to continue the show talking to the wonderful Salibar and Natalia about Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse. So, um, now Salibar... Going into this film, like what did you think about the story itself? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I actually was very worried because there have been so many um, Spider-Man movies over the past decades, like movies and also TV shows, and so I was worried that they might not be able to create uh, a story that is different from all that and has a um, very special plot, and the plot it did surprise me, it was um, unique It it wasn't like anything I've ever seen before with all these different spider man and women from this multiverse it really broadens your view of spider-man and what it can be the only thing i say would say though is that there are a few plot holes i think and i feel they could have strengthened it because they had a very good idea and they had the they had the possibility to make it even more good. But I think they did a good job in bringing originality to the plot, which is always really important.
1: Definitely, I agree. Because Sony has made other Spider-Man films as well. And there's been many Spider-Man films. And when I first heard they were making the film about Spider-Verse, I was confused at first. Because it's like... Where did this come from? It just feels like an outlier of film. Like, why are we now doing spider Verse and why is it animated? Like, we got Tom Holland. What else do we, why else do we need another Spider-Man film? But I gotta say, Sony redeemed themselves from the amazing Spider-Man films. This is actually, this is a uh, a surprise, a, a pleasant surprise for Marvel fans and Spider-Man fans alike. Um, so, um, Natalia, do you agree with Sony on the story?
2: I definitely agree. I really, um... Took it in when um, she was explaining how it was kind of a risk trying something new for the Spider Man um, movie. And I definitely think that they really took it in because trying something new is always a risk but I think they played it off very well but I was kind of worried I wasn't sure if it was going to be as amusing as the other ones especially since the plot was a little different but I definitely think that Sony has played it off well and what I love so much about how they change it up is and it's a new world and you were introduced to so many different characters and I without a doubt by all odds believe most Spider-Man movies are more focused on just Peter Parker and his life and you really don't get a sense of the other characters, but now that we're focusing into the Spider-Verse, we really get to see the background of where Spider-Man has came from and his background, and I really got... I was really intrigued on how I get to know the Spider-Verse, but I definitely agree with her. She really is... Cyber is correct. I definitely think that trying something new is definitely a risk, but they definitely got it on point.
1: Totally agree, and it's winning awards left and right, which... Shows that this film is like taking over audiences by storm. Now, also, there was talks of a sequel. I believe, I believe the sequel even confirmed too. So, uh, Cyber, where do you see the Spider Verse continuing to?
3: Oh wow, I'm really surprised that they're making a sequel. Um, I think it has a lot of potential and I think people who um are gonna enjoy this film will definitely go watch the sequel. I know I will. Um, I'm ex- I'm really curious to see what they do because I'm not very sure um, how they would sort of take it to the next level, but I'm really excited to see what they come up with because I thought the ending is final. There's nothing more they can do, but if there is, that's that's exciting.
1: Totally. And uh, sorry, sorry, sorry uh, Natalia. How many stars should you give this film? What would you say is the age range?
2: I definitely give this film a 5 out of 5 stars and recommend it for ages 6 to 18 as well as adults. And this pure dorky film comes out on December 14, 2018, so make sure to go look for it at your nearby theater.
1: Definitely. Thank you guys so much for talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's been a pleasure. Thank Thank you for having us. Like Natalia just said, this film is swinging into theaters December fourteenth. so please go check it out right now. It's a wonderful film to take out for the holiday seasons. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keefer Blakeley, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions.
4: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
0: D.C. and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that Smart Kids Tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
3: Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, and next we'll be talking with Izzy about Guess How Much I Love You, Christmas to the Moon and Back. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. So can you tell me a little bit about uh, Guess How Much I Love You and what is it about? Guess How Much I Love You is about um, a little
5: nut brown hair who has many friends. And this particular one is about Christmas.
3: Oh, that's wonderful. And so did this Christmas feel affect when you were watching it or did it make it feel even more special? It made it feel even more
5: special because it really, it was, the, already the series is heartwarming and adorable and so happy, but just adding the Christmas makes it
3: just, like, yeah, so exciting and warm. That's wonderful. And so, um, can you tell me a little bit about the animation? It looks so adorable from the uh, trailer. The animation is, um
5: it's, it's very simple, but it um the shading and the texture makes it feel like you're reading a book on your tv or your device screen it's it's
3: warm and inviting oh that's awesome we definitely need warm and inviting shows on christmas that's awesome and it totally gets you into the christmas feel. so um what did you think of the voice
5: acting I think the voice acting was amazing. All the voices in the movie um, really kind of fit the character if they were nervous or if they were um, bright or not so bright.
3: You know, all the voices kind of just fit in. That's awesome. That's always important. And this is a very short film, so how did that sort of affect Um, watching it or did it um, well did it feel rushed or were they very capable in handling that time machine? I think that even though it was very short it still
5: had everything that it needed in it and it was just like almost like any other movie but just with like a quicker easier feel that's awesome and um, so what did you think of the music the music was so nice. It was, um, the, it fit the mood. Um, it was beautiful and cheery and happy. And if the mood was sad, it was sad. And I think it kind of,
3: it fit well into the movie, just like everything else. That's so important. That's great. And so in the ending, did you like the way that they wrapped up the film? Or do you think there could be a sequel? What did you think of the ending? I think that they did a good job wrapping it up, but
5: I also think that there should be a sequel where we find out more or maybe just the next Christmas. It would it would be kind of fascinating to see how their other Christmases go and maybe a little bit less disastrous. Oh no, why was it disastrous? Well, um it's kind of it's kind of a spoiler um But it's just that they, like, lost all their important entrees for the Christmas feast, and they have to get it back.
3: Oh, no, I hope that they're able to. They all seem so adorable. And so did you have a favorite character amongst them? My favorite character
5: was Little Redwood Fox because she was intelligent, she's relatable, and she's prideful, and I like how she is sweet and inviting, but I also like how she can uh, deal with problems by herself if she has to. Oh,
3: that's awesome! And so, what did you think of all this? All these different characters were they were they um, similar in any ways, or were they all disparate? They were similar.
5: They were they they were similar in ways, but they were all their own people. Like little nut brown hair is. His own, like, we can do it, and I'm not scared of anything. And then little field mouse is an anxious little mouse that is kind of scared of things and needs to think things through.
3: Oh, wonderful. And what was something very unique about Guess How Much I Loved You? Well, I think that it was unique. The
5: um, style of animation was unique, and how they all worked together to find things like Little Nut Brown Hair and Little Field Mouse go into the woods while Little Redwood Fox and Gray Squirrel go, find, go and try and find Big Nut Brown Hair, the father of Little br- Nut Brown Hair, to get
3: help. Oh, this sounds like such a loving film. And so finally, what would you say the age range in star reading would be? I think the age rating
5: would be one to seven years old, and I give it a five-star review. I think I put one to seven years old because I think that maybe anybody over seven might get a little bit bored, but I was not bored.
3: Wonderful. I want to watch this. It seems so heartwarming. So thank you so much, Izzy, for talking with me. It was such a pleasure. Uh, Thank you for having me on. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas! So be sure to check out this adorable film on DVD today. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Guess How Much I Love You, Christmas to the Moon and Back, New Adventures of Gumby, 80 series, Ralph Breaks the Internet and Mortal Engines. And right now I'm going to talk with Natalia and Seven on New Adventures 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 of Gumby the 80s series welcome to the show
2: guys thank you for having us
6: hi thank you for having me
3: hi of course so Devin, can you tell me a little bit about the
6: series and what you thought of it a little bit about the series is that like in all the episodes like there's friends who help each other a lot and they always are together there's not one day where they're not together so it's like, this movie's about really friendship. Oh, that's so sweet.
2: And, Natalia, what did you think of um, New Adventure of Gumby? Well, this lovely T D V D dvd set comes with limited edition bendable, prickle, and goo figures, which I thought was super awesome, which I, which boosted me up from just loving the episodes and songs. But I definitely love the bendable, prickle, and goo figures. But the 1980s show was a hit when my mom was growing up, and it brought back so many memories and I just want to welcome back Gumby and Pokey into this wild and wacky and definitely inventive collection of 80s episodes and I enjoyed it as well as my mother did and I hope that everybody else will. Oh, that's awesome. And
3: so
6: Seven, what did you think of the different characters in this show? I thought the characters were great. Like in in every episode or like every series they had their own unique style of them. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's
3: always fun when there's different styles. And, um, did you have a favorite character?
6: Yes, that's- I did. My- yes. My favorite character was Goo. Oh, how come? Because, my favorite character is Goo because, like, she she's blue, and blue is my favorite color, and also because, like, the, the way she talks, it's like... like for some reason, I just like the way she talks. It's It's cute.
3: <laughs> oh, I love the color blue too, so I think I would like goo too.
2: So, um, Natalia, who is your favorite character? Oh, there were so many great characters, but my favorite character is by all odds Gumby. Not just because he's the lead lead character, I mean the title is The New Adventures of Gumby, mm-hmm. but also because he's also very energetic and always happy. One of my favorite parts with Gumby in the scene is when Gumby and his genial friend Pokey take an adventure through an ice cave. And the reason why I enjoyed this mirthful episode is because it made me spread laughter. And I definitely think Gumby just by himself will make everybody laugh.
3: Oh, that's so cute. And so, Seven, why do you think that, um, or do you think that Gumby is still relevant today and can still stu- touch so many hearts, even though it's from the 80s and it's a little
6: older? Um, I It's like 50-50. Like, I think some people will still like it, but some people might not. Because it was like that for me. Like, it kind of didn't catch my attention but it kind of did so like 50 50 so some people like and some people like might not like you it, think it's okay and some people like you know might love it so much
3: oh yeah i see what you mean and so but why would you say that 50 percent? like you were unsure about it
6: because like i said um before it didn't really catch my attention you know i think it didn't catch my attention because it was like made back in in the in the like 90s And, like, um, people in the 90s, they enjoyed it more than people now. And, like, the shows now, they're so good. So I think people kind of won't enjoy it and kind of will. Okay, I see what you mean. And so, Natalia, what did you think of
2: um, this animation well, actually, I have to tell you about the Lord story behind the animation. I mean, it was such an amazing, I think that since it was such a hit in the 1980s, I think it was so based off um, how it was. and to the point where um, the voiceover was remastered from the original camera rolls and soundtrack as well as the animation, which I really thought was really cool. But I also enjoyed how they kind of made it this century and kind of made it more new. And I have to agree with Seven. I kind of think that some people might not enjoy it as much as others, mostly because it is purposed towards younger kids. Um, I think it's like three to seven-year-olds, but I definitely think everybody can enjoy it, especially since they have made it this century and it is back and everybody loved it as they were kids growing up, such as their mother, and I definitely think they will continue to love it. Wonderful. Yeah, I have never seen Gumby,
3: so I really want to check it out now. But so finally, what would you say the
2: star rating would be, Natalia? I'd have to give this film a four and a half five, four and a half out of five stars because I thought the voiceover and the animation was all amazing but i the reason why I didn't give it a five is because I think it was more purpose towards younger kids, and I think it would have been a boost up if it could have been relatable to everybody. But I'd give this rate age recommendation to three to seven-year-olds, and adults can enjoy the series with their kids as well for the mommy and me time. And this series is certainly unique and will definitely bring back memories. If you grew up watching Gumby, I'll tell you that. But lastly, I want to say you could definitely check this collection of songs and episodes out on DVD, so make sure to go check it out.
3: Wonderful. Yeah, I will have to do that. This coming Christmas and winter break, I have so many TV shows and movies. I need to catch up, and Gumby will definitely be on my list. And Seven, finally, what would you say the age range and star rating would be?
6: I would say the age range is from three, three, the age range is from three to nine. Because, like, I'm nine, but like, how you said, it's, like, 50-50. Some nine-year-olds might enjoy it, some might not. And, like, like Natalia said, I agree with her. It's for, like, little kids because there's, like, clay. People made out of clay and stuff. Awesome.
3: Well, thank you so much, Seven and Natalia, for talking with me about Gumpy the 80s series. I've had so much fun. So thank you again. Thank you. So I had a blast. This. Me too, and so be sure to check out, like Natalia said, new adventure of Gumby eighty series on DVD today. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by the Snowman fortieth anniversary.
0: Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello
1: and welcome back to the program Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and we just got done talking about the new adventures of Gumby 80 series. And guess how much I love you? Right now, we're talking with the wonderful Ryan about the new sequel to uh, Wreck It Ralph. We have Ralph Breaks the Internet. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. So, this is, as I said before, the sequel to Wreck-It Ralph, and now we have a new high-flying adventures with our favorite video game villain, and of course, a Vanellope Sweep, sweet Vanilla Pond, Sarah Silverman's character, as they go adventure into the internet. Oh, how many jokes could we tell? Uh, so, first of all, I'm just curious, Ryan, what did you think about the comedy in this film? Because, of course... When you have video game characters going to the internet, I'm sure there's a lot of jokes and a lot of puns that could be created.
7: Um, I really like the little jokes about Amazon and the ideas of bidding. Because I remember, I'm not trying to spoil too much, but I remember this one scene where Ralph and Vanellope are on eBay. And they're like, how does this work? Do we just bid the higher price? And they just kept saying 3000 5000 It was just hilarious seeing them understand these internet concepts.
1: Definitely. So, well, first of all, with sequels, of course, it's hard because Record Ralph was a great film, and to to be honest, for me personally, I think it's an underrated Disney film because I think it's one of the best ones yet. Because it's, you would think a film about video games, it it's just it just creates a lot of nostalgia for video arcades, and everything. But how does this film compare to the first film?
7: Um. The difference between like this film and uh, like the first one is basically uh, like the certain tone and like how different the characters are and how they developed more. Like in the first film, Wreck-It Ralph was not like talkative. Like he didn't have a lot of friends. He's more alone. But then in Wreck-It Ralph Two, he makes new friends and he's still with his old friends as well. And you see how much he accepts the fact that he's like a villain, and that he finds it fun because he can hang out with Penelope, and and it's interesting seeing how he went from one person to another person. So, with this film, what did you think about the story? Um, the story was interesting because I don't want to go like spoiler ish, but I felt like the ending was weird, but, um, overall I feel like the story, I like the idea of them going to the internet to fix, uh, Van Van Alpi's broken arcade game. I really like the idea of them trying to save a game from being unplugged. Definitely,
1: no, it's, it's an interesting concept for video game characters to go into the internet, and I... Especially since it is a Disney film and Disney practically owns everything, the jokes are limitless, basically. And it's kind of. And I was really. It was funny to see a bunch of Star references, Marvel, Disney princesses. So only Disney could be able to get away with all these pop culture references, which I gotta admit, I'm a sucker for. Um, but what, did you think they were, there was too many of them? Or do you feel like that the film stands pretty well on its own?
7: I feel like. It was fine, like, it stands on its own because they're trying to be honest with the internet because, yes, Disney does own everything, and they're trying to, like, show that, like, there's a lot of stuff on the internet, many good and bad things, because in the film they do show the more kid-friendly version of, like, viruses and stuff. Definitely. So, um, what would you say is your favorite part in the film? Oh, my favorite parts when um, Vanellope runs into the Disney princesses and they all talk about what they have in common and it's just really funny just, just, um, to basically see that each Disney princess doesn't have a parent. It's really funny when they made that joke and I really liked how um, they said, oh, you need to have a song to be a princess and how Vanellope throughout the film tries to have a little song and that was a cool little side story, you could say.
1: Definitely. Well, I I think it's. I'm glad that Disney has the humility to make fun of itself, and they always win it. But as long as Disney makes the joke, they're able to make fun of themselves for some of their wackier and also cliches as well. So I find. Props to Disney for being able to make fun of themselves. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. This show is sponsored by the Snowman 40th Anniversary. Today we're going to be talking to, to. wrote in about motor engines and also we just got done talking about the new adventures of Gumby 80 series and guess how much I love you right now I'm going to continue our conversation with the wonderful Ryan about Ralph Breaks the Internet so what would you say is your favorite
7: character in this film my favorite character in the film would be I want to say um Vanellope because I liked how they gave her more of the attention in this film compared to um it Ralph, it was all about him. I really like how they started to change the direction they were going in, because I liked how Penelope was like, oh, I'm tired of the same game, playing this, doing all this every day, I want something different, I want something new. And I really like how they try and incorporate that, hey, these video game characters have feelings outside of when you're playing with them.
1: No, it definitely looks like a really fun film, and... Especially with a lot of great voice actors like John C. Riley and Soa Silverman. Um, speaking of which, what did you think about the voice acting?
7: Um, I mean, the voice acting was very good. Like, I didn't notice anything, like, out of the ordinary. It all sounded so natural. I feel like Taraji P. Henson's, like, yes character. Mm-hmm. Like, I like how she exaggerated how trendy the internet can be, and I really like that. Now, do you see another Record Ralph movie being made? Um, it would be interesting, like, I don't know how, what direction they would go in, but it seems possible maybe they would show them going on TV, I don't know.
1: Ralph breaks the internet, Ralph cancellation, I don't know, we can, we can play around with it, there's a lot of things we can go around, but I won't put it past Disney. Um, so, With this film, what would you say is the message that it's trying to tell?
7: The message that uh, Ralph Brick's internet, like, conveys is more of uh, accepting, like, people's choices. Like, in the film, Van wants to, like, move out, like, change, like, the game she plays, and she wants to, like, explore And Ralph was like, no, don't explore. Stay in your home. Like, stay in your home. Like, don't leave because we'll never see each other again. And throughout the film, you see, like, the stages of him, like, accepting that Van wants something else. And it's really cool just, like, seeing that happen. So the ideas of, like, acceptance and change is, like, one of the main themes.
1: Definitely. Especially with, like, sequels. I feel like sequels can be a good thing because they can be able to grow characters. Because I reckon Ralph and Vanellope are two interesting characters, and it's nice to see a sequel to like see how they grow as characters. Because like one film is one obstacle, and the second film is another obstacle in their life. So seeing them grow and change can be an interesting can, can be very interesting. Now, uh, Ryan, what would you say is the because we definitely with Disney films, it's it's great because there's a lot of great humor and a lot of great things for kids. But what do you think? What do you think adults can also enjoy this film as well? Like for parents to go see this.
7: I mean, the jokes are like appropriate for all ages. I feel like they would enjoy the jokes, especially. Um, the disney princess scene that was very funny because i think many people who have watched the old films would understand mm-hmm. also they have a lot of marvel references and there's one in particular i won't say what it is but i think people will like it because of what happened recently with marvel um yep yeah and uh, let's see that's basically it they'll just see like jokes and easter eggs and i think they appreciate that
1: Now, I think do you feel like this film runs completely on jokes, uh, like internet jokes and Easter eggs, or do you feel like the substance is is also very palpable in this film as well?
7: They're not all about, like, jokes and, like, being funny. I feel like they also have, like, serious moments where they're like, hey, I feel like this, or, like, they'd be like, um, like, characters be upset at each other and have different emotions, so I like how they shift the tone from a uh, happy joke mode to all all serious and like, hey, just because we're joking doesn't mean like this has to go away or something like that.
1: That's good. I feel like it's, what's great about the writing of, of most of these films is that they were to do a great balance of style and substance, the jokes, with also character development, story, with also pop culture references. And I think wreck Ralph, the first one, did a great job doing that, and I'm glad the second one does the same thing. So, what would you say is the age range and star rating?
7: Um, the age range I would have to say it would be like five six. I'll say six, six to eighteen, because there is like a few intense scenes. Adults might like this as well because of like the easter eggs and stuff like I told you before. And I would say like the rating would be uh four point five out of five stars. I'm not giving it the five star rating because I don't like the ending because it just gives off a weird message in my opinion.
1: And without spoiling anything out of curiosity, what do you think that message is? Try not to spoil anything.
7: Uh, It's just like you can change what you want to do in the future. That's like the closest thing I could say without like spoiling the film. Okay. Well, I guess you have
1: to see the film to kind of put your own, Opinion together about it, but um, thank you so much, Ryan, for talking about Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you for having me, and I hope I'll be here again soon. Oh, certainly, this film is in theaters now, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I am your host, Kefa Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by the Snowman 40th Anniversary. <music>
0: Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba
3: and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Guess How Much I Love You, Christmas to the Moon and Back, New Adventures of Gumby the 80s series, Ralph Breaks the internet, and right now I'm going to be talking about *Mortal Engines* with Rowan and Damon. Welcome to the show, guys! Hi, thanks for having us. Hi, hi. So, Damon, can you tell me a little bit about the story
8: and what's going on in the film? Well, in the film, it's a a girl is trying to stop a, a one of the moving cities london and from destroying a wall that's protecting most of the places like china and other places that know the really important places oh no that's not good
3: um so prohan how did you feel uh when watching this movie
4: and well i feel like the movie was kind of fast paced so like there was like bam, this scene, bam, this scene. I And I kind of got a bit confused because it's like, there's so many plot points and I feel like it was kind of heavily cut because there was a couple scenes where I feel like there was a scene in between that got removed for some reason because I guess it was too long. But so uh-huh. yeah, it's kind of like there's a bit missing in the story.
3: Okay, I see what you mean. Um, and so, uh, Damon... Uh, what did you think of the acting?
8: There's a couple of new actors that I haven't seen before. Yeah, I, I haven't heard of most of the actors in the film, but they did a really good job playing their roles. That's uh, awesome. They really felt like, it really seemed like they felt like the actual way they felt in the movie.
3: Wonderful. Yeah, that's always super important. And... So, uh, Rowan, I noticed that the Mortal Engines movie comes from filmmakers who made The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Do you think that it was able to keep to that level, or did it? Um, was it at that expectation?
4: Well, visually, yes, it was really impressive, like, as impressive as the Lord of the Rings movies. But it was really visually impressive, but I think the story wasn't as interesting as, like, Lord of the Rings
3: Okay, yeah, I, that can be, it can always be difficult to live up to those types of films. But, um, so David, what did you think of the special effects? Like, uh, Roland said, they seem to be pretty awesome.
8: Yeah, there was a lot of, like, lasers and, and really cool special effects for all the weapons that they're using throughout the entire film and the way they're trying to capture people. Oh, no. That sounds intense, though. So, um,
4: Rowan, what did you think of the music uh, in the film? I felt like it was kind of, like, overpowering. I mean, it was, like, very loud music, and because the movie's mainly action scenes, like, there's, she escapes, and then she fights, and then she escapes, and then she fights, and she keeps doing that so there's just really lots of thundering I feel like you're really distracted from what was happening on screen oh no and so you said that there are a lot of
3: action scenes um, going on do those also take away from the plot or um, are they able to improve the movie and well I feel
4: like honestly like they're really impressive action scenes like there's a lot of moving parts to them but, and I feel like it's, what, they more, they make the rest of the movie seem not as good as, because the action, each individual set piece scene, action scene, is like, well, it, they're really good, but the sto- they kind of distract from, like, what's happening. Okay, and so,
3: um, David, what did you think of um, the set designs, like in the action scenes, like Rowan said, and overall in the film, were they really interesting, and did they display this sort of eeriness of the dystopian world?
8: They definitely did that. As usually, most of the film was take took place in like a, a an air, air in either on the ground where there's tracks along from. From, uh, from before when the cities came. Or they're usually in the air flying around in, in ships that, that look very futuristic. And the sets are really interesting and they show, and they show how the world aged and how the humans have destroyed it a bit. Oh no, that's a good though. That um, the set design was it? Would you say that it was also very detailed? Yes, it was, and they kept and they kept the images from other from the past in inside the inside the actual sets, so it doesn't just like hey, where did that go? It was actually there. Oh wow, that's really interesting, and that's amazing
3: that they did that. So we'll be right back. If you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, today we're talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Guess How Much I Love You, Christmas to the Moon and Bat, New Adventures of Gumby 80s series, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. And I'm going to continue talking with Rowan and Damon about Mortal Engines. So, Rowan, what did you think of the um, makeup and the costume set? Were they also true to this um, eerie dystopian
4: world? Um, well, the main character had, like, a big scar on the face. I feel like that was done really well. Like, that was, like, it looked pretty real for just being makeup. But, and one character was, like, a completely CGI'd robot that I think it was, like, Scream or Shriek or something along that line and they looked like really impressive i liked the kind of steampunk combined with realistic and sci-fi oh, well, but,
7: okay. i mean i didn't
4: really notice the makeup on the other characters which is kind of a good thing because it doesn't take away from the plot awesome yeah that's
3: important that's always really important and so, Damon, was there anything that you um, particularly disliked or thought they could have done a better job
8: on? Again, with the robot and with the robot man kind of thing, he didn't have enough backstory to him. They said that he raised the main character, and then they said that he used to be a human, and then that, and then, and then that was it. That's his entire backstory. I think he deserved a little bit more to really, sh- and that would have made the movie much better. Yeah, that's true. Underdeveloped characters—it's one thing that's
3: very hard to um, live up to, but it when it's not at par with the rest of the film, it cannot, it can ruin the film. But um, Rowan, was there anything else other than the plot that
4: you think that they could have improved on as well? Um, well, there are a lot of scenes that were like super fast, and then there's like a slow scene. But there was some action, some action scenes that just led straight into a completely separate action scene. I feel like there needs to be like some kind of break between just action scene, action scene, action scene
3: yeah for sure emotion is also like really important and having those calmer moments in action movies but was there anything very unique and special that was really amazing in the film um,
4: well yeah like the CGI for London London looked amazing and it was pretty consistent for the close up shots as well as like, like when people were on London as well as the why just to show the entire thing like there a lot of like creative details like um the london eye was being used as like a transport system where you'll get into a carriage and it'll bring you to higher levels like an elevator oh wow that's unique that is very interesting and a cool concept
3: and so, Damon, what did you think of um, the supporting actors? Did they do a good job in setting um, the tone of this dystopian world?
8: Oh, all, all the side characters were dressed like it was really a time of of need, and they were in a city that was struggling. And but the the side characters didn't doom. Much, but they just walked around and talked a bit, and sometimes they got pushed around, showing that they kept that pe- young uh, people on lower levels of the social of the social classes were prob- aren't being treated very well like the people on, on that are really have really power are really powerful. Okay, and so did you have a favorite part of this film? I did. my My favorite part was actually uh, around where the the London was destroying basically those, those protector wall, and and all the and all of the all of China and all and the main character and all and everyone in basically everyone was trying to destroy them before they could destroy them.
3: Oh, wow, that sounds like an intense, fun scene. So, finally, um, what would you say, Damon,
8: is the age range and star rating? I would probably rate, I rate this movie like four out of five stars. And I recommend it for ages like eight to 18 because it it's a bit more like, it's a bit too much action for younger children but older children will will definitely like it with their with their family members to watch it with them very cool and finally ron what would you say the age range and
3: star rating would be
4: um i'll give it four to five stars and recommend it's like ages 12 to 15 awesome
3: it's been so much fun speaking with you guys thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Of course. So be sure to check out Mortal Engines in theaters today. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on press for kids KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by The Snowman 40th Anniversary. I'm Sahiba. Thank you so much for joining us today and have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. <music>